The Longbox Crusade presents G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. Forget the Baroness! I, Cobra Commander, have returned! Oh no! Welcome to G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. I'm one of your commanders, Pat Sampson, codename DJ Christatos, and joining me as always is my battle buddy in this operation. It is General Jared Ulbrich. That is a prescription for danger. Codename Death Probe. Always the second time. Always the second time. Oh, the second recording. He always gets it right. And he's DJ Christatos. Welcome back, Green Shirts. We love having you here at the podcast. We love having you here at Fort Longbox to talk about these Devil's Do G.I. Joe comic books with us on this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles. DJ Cristados and I, of course, are bringing back our special ops guest. It is our friend Gary V, codename Iron Monger. Welcome back. Thank you, guys. It's like I haven't even left. <laughs> no, it's all so familiar. So now you get to answer the question. Because you've been on a couple times now. We've got your favorite Joes, or favorite characters. We've got your favorite vehicles. Now it's time for you to answer the fun one, which is outside of the toys and comics and the cartoons. What are your sort of oddball G.I. Joe favorite things out there? Wow. Oddball favorite G.I. Joe things. I would have to start off with, it's kind of comics related, but I have to say it. The Viewmaster. Yes. Mm-hmm. I had the Viewmaster of the Hot Potato Story from the backup from issue one. Same. I love that. And I love the arcade game. I oh. put many a quarter into that in middle school at the local mall. And now the third thing. Ooh, this one's hard. I don't know. Is it fair to say the live action movies? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. I'll take it. You know. Hey, you know what? You, we got... They may have been, you know, what they are, but hey, we still got G.I. Joe movies, you know. They're not cinematic masterpieces, but I could turn <laughs> my brain off. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, we ain't going to judge you for that, man. Not too shabby like that. I like. I had that Viewmaster too, man. Click, 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 click. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of use. I loved it. I loved it. All right, cool. With that, of course... We'd love to hear from you guys out there in the uh, chat. I know recently we had Jim Meal comment over on Facebook about his three favorite oddball Joe things were. I see if I don't know if I have a memorized. Remember the puzzles were in there. That was cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what else did he have in there, Pat? It's like a test. Oh, well, uh, you know what? Uh, Nintendo uh, games. Nintendo games, yep. Hey, and hey. G.I. Joe magazine. G.I. Joe the magazine. Oh, and now we can yep. add in the Viewmaster, the cinematic masterpieces of the, that were the movies. Yep. What was your middle one? Video was game. The arcade. Arcade, arcade game. The arcade, the arcade game. game. Four person. Yeah, I just recently got one of these big arcade, I don't know, pallet. It's got two-player arcade stick on it, right? You plug it directly into your TV, and it's big. It's probably three feet wide, oh. about one foot deep. And it's preloaded with a bunch of games. And so my son and I have been playing, like, Final Fight, 1942, and just any old arcade game you can think. Because it's got like a thousand games on it. And he's, he said to me today, he goes, hey, dad, there's a G.I. Joe game on here. So I'm betting that's the one cool. that he's talking about. And I'm going to go play that thing. Oh. <laughs> awesome. Fun. 
I'm excited. Welcome to G.I. Joe podcast where we talk specifically about the arcade game. (laughs) (laughs) Pat, you better save us. It's time for the Intelligence Report. All right. For this mission, we will be covering G.I. Joe number 41. Publisher was Devil's Due. Cover date was April 2005. The writer was Brandon Jurwa. Penciler is Tim Seeley. Inker, Corey Hampshire. Colorist is Brett R. Smith. Letterer is Robin Spihar. Cover art goes to Tim Seeley, Andrew Popoy, and Val Staples. And speaking about the cover, Death Probe. Take us through this cover description. Yes, sir. This cover is gloriously Cobra Commander. He stands in his awesome black and red hooded outfit, arms thrust skyward in victory as red rain falls all around him. A cover blurb declares, the rain begins. It's R-E-I-G. It's like a homonym. Anyways, Mm. you get the picture. Back to you, Pat. All right. Thank you for that cover description. Let's go ahead and find out what you guys thought about the cover. And we will start with our guest, Iron Monger. What's your thoughts on the cover? I really like the upward shot, like the upward camera shot Mm -hmm. of this cover. I've always been a fan of this version of Cobra Commander, where he has almost like the military dress uniform with the cape. And then I love the hood where the Cobra sigil, the tails of... Oh, I can't think of that part of the snake, you know, the flaps. Yeah. But it extends past his eyes like Mm. daggers. And uh, that's always been just a striking image of Cobra Commander. And I I love this. I think this is a wonderful, wonderful uh, cover for this book. I'd pick it up just for the cover. If this was like a variant cover and I don't care what kind of story was in it, I'd pick it up just because the cover is strong. All right. Definitely. Um, I'm going to give my little thoughts here as well, too. I thought it was a nicely drawn cover. It more like kind of reminds me of a statue. Kind of looking up like a statue you'd see, like, because he's Cobra Commander so into himself that he would want this kind of a statue like this just kind of <laughs> placed somewhere, probably on this cool Cobra place that he just bought, you know? You're going to build a base. You're going to want a cool statue giant kind of just hanging around. And then you have that the red just coming down kind of like a rain, a pretty cool statue. And it makes you want to pick up and read it and see what's going to happen. Jared, what's your thoughts? I wholeheartedly agree. I love the outfit. I love the coloring. The colors actually add so much texture to this. It makes me wonder how much was penciled out by Tim, how much was added by the colorist. Cause it's, if you look at it, there's not a lot of like inked lines. Most of the details carried by color. It's a perfect blend of a great pose. I love how his Cobra Commander's left arm comes in front of the G.I. Joe logo to give it that 2.5D depth to it. Uh-huh. We're, we're not the scoring yet, but you know we usually save some of our highest scores for things that we think would look great as posters. Mm. Yeah. This, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Giving something away. Well, with that, I think let's go ahead and get to it since 
we're already just about there. Let's go ahead and find out how we would rate this cover on a scale of one to 10 flag points. One meaning you didn't like it at all. It nuked your island. Ugh, I hate that when that happens. And 10, meaning it's perfect and you should make, hmm, maybe a recruiting poster out of it. Maybe. Let's find <laughs> out. <laughs> Ironmonger, what's your thought on this one? One other thing that I just caught, my eye caught before I give my rating, is I really like the tension on the belt because it's very in tune with the original release of Cobra Commander. So I just wanted to mention that. But not only would this make a great recruiting poster, it would also make a great statue. And mm. I give this a full 10 flag points. Wow. Going with the full 10 for Commander. Jarrett, 1 to 10. 10. Pat. <laughs> Ooh, boy, you guys put me in a corner here now. Put me in a corner. I have, uh, I got it at a strong nine, but. This is this how you want to live, Pat? Yeah, I guess. That's <laughs> who so you want to be? <laughs> All right. Yay! I'm going with a 10 2. Yo, Joe! You, you conned me into it. Oh, look at it, though. Like, it is, wouldn't that be a is. great poster? I mean, of course, it's the bad guy, but. Yeah. But still, whatever. It's, it's cool. like having a great poster Darth Vader on your wall. Yeah. You know, I have a feeling, you know, he's looking for some new recruits and all that anyway. So it <laughs> yeah, might be your time to shine, you know, get in on the ground floor. You know, there's some, this guy's going somewhere. Definitely. All right. Well, with the cover out of the way, let's go back to Death Probe for the story synopsis in our mission brief. Well, we can definitely do that. Everybody knows we run a randomizer here to find out whose point of view we're going to tell it from. Are we going to tell it from Joe's, Cobra's, Coil's? Uh, Coil's point of view is probably not much right now. Mm. <laughs> so let's just pick between Joe and Cobra. Coil got nuked in the last episode, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, pull the lever. The lever has chosen Joe. Yo, Joe, it is. Here's one thing we didn't see coming. Overlord. Apparently, Serpentor's right-hand man is still alive and working for the government. And he's gotten the drop on our Joe's on the run team of Duke, Scarlet, and Snake Eyes. They're holed up with Scanner in Iceland. He even murdered Scanner. But Scanner went out like a real American hero, destroying Overlord and the base before he died, preserving the lives of the team on site. Meanwhile, Cobra Commander continues to clean house from his mountain base in Bat Hickstan. He shoots Dr. Mindbender and replaces him with the much more curvaceous Dr. Knox. Although, you know... She wears a shirt where he didn't, and I, I, I think that's wrong. Yeah, equal rights. <laughs> equal rights. <laughs> Dr. Knox is now the new doctor because he's shot Dr. Ryan Anyway, our Joe forces might be small, but under General Ray's new leadership, we're effective as hell. Our attack on Cobra Mountain and Bat Hickstan was extremely successful as we routed Cobra's forces, although the commander did deploy the Tempest space-based biological weapon 
on an innocent Middle Eastern city as a warning to the world of his ultimate power. Barrel Roll, with the assistance of the dying Dr. Mindbender, was able to fly his jet into the low-orbit Cobra Tempest satellite and destroy it. Happily, Barrel Roll not only survived, but he seems to have inspired his turncoat brother Stahl into rethinking his Cobra allegiance. Better still, Cobra Commander and his inner circle are now on the run, with limited resources, which prevents Cobra from being an immediate threat. But speaking of immediate threats, the Whisper Network has begun to shout as we receive reports that an organization known as the Red Shadows is taking out both Cobra and Joe leadership. Starting with our beloved original Joe, General Joe Colton. Now, back to G.I. Joe. Let's get into the highs and lows. There's 46,000 things going on in this issue, kind of like last issue. We'll start with the Iron Monger. What do you got? Yet again, another dense issue. I have to go with, just in general, the General Ray's leadership of using a small G.I. Joe strike team, made even smaller by dividing them into separate fronts to take out Cobra when, you know, in this final act of the storyline. So I was really impressed with you know, how he was able to manage the team and accomplish the mission at hand, you know, take Cobra out. Absolutely. Yeah, we get a lot of good feedback about General Ray. We've loved General Ray since he showed up. Luckily, nothing could mm-hmm. possibly go wrong there. No, no. Yeah. He's got it all. He's the best of them all, you know. He's solid. Solid. Yeah. Dude got shot in the face. Oh, grazed yeah. in the face on yeah. this mission. But yeah, it, yeah, yeah, there's a lot going on. And yeah, I noted that too. Iron Monger, the, the splitting up the team. Like they already have a limited roster and then he split, split up even more, but he selected the right people for the right job. Surgical strikes. Man, everything's coming up Joe. Everything's coming up Joe. Now it's coming up Pat, though. Pat, what do you think? Well, that was going to be one of my comments as well, too. So I'm going to take the opposite side of this and go with the Red Shadows. Who are they? What's going on? In your recap, they're taking out Cobras. They're taking out Joes. They take out the original Joe, Joe Colton. I didn't want to see him die. You know, it was like sad. But it made me think, remember when we saw Action Man? Exactly. <laughs> it started to make I'm sense. Like, oh, that's who took out Action Man now, too. So someone's clearing house and just. You know, it still bugs me, though, because Action Man wasn't like General Joe Colton was like still in it. Yeah. He's in uniform. He's still kind of in the chain of command. Action Man was surfing on the beach, man. <laughs> the hell kind of threat was he to them? Must no have been loose ends, one. I guess. No yeah, loose ends. I don't know. Yep. Cleaning that up, getting rid of all that. I thought, wow, that really ties that back to that one oddball thing that happened. Like, why are they doing this? Who's this guy? Now we totally understand what's happening here. But yeah, the, this Red Shadows, I don't know, but they got cool uniforms. They do. They have a cool name, and yeah. there's some kind of a hint. I think I might have read it in the letters page, actually, that said that Red Shadows is a mixture of some new characters with some old characters that Ooh. we might find familiar. So, again, Pat and I aren't BSing you as, as listeners. We have not read these in 20 years. We do not remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, been- I don't know. As far as I know, from what you see in the very final pages, the Red Shadows include... Grace Jones and Pierce Brosnan. Yes. So, uh, that's that's yeah. very cool. Yeah. yeah, let's take Grace Jones. She's, <laughs> she's gunning down the Cobra Commander and the twins. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely wondering who's going to make it out alive of that because they're sort of holed up in their literal hole, you know, like they're in a cave yeah. after they've been routed. 
and it's Cobra Commander and the Tomax and Zamot. And she comes in and starts laying fools out, but you can't see who she's killing. I mean, clearly, yeah, I don't think cool. you can kill Cobra Commander, but I don't remember their big repercussions for Tomax and Zamot here. I don't know. Again, we're not BSing you listeners. We don't remember. So mm-hmm. we're going to find out along with you guys. Uh, as far as for me in the first round, oh, man. You know, I'm just going to go ahead and pick the moment. I really liked the moment where Stahl was about sort of to solidify himself as a Cobra and kill a Joe. I think he had Lady J in his sights. But he could also hear his brother barrel roll as he was going on his mission, uh, about to sacrifice himself for something bigger. And one of his final requests, because he's about to fly his jet into the satellite to destroy it, Kamikaze yeah. style. His final request was, hey, if my brother has gone Cobra, just don't tell my parents. And that, like, touched Stahl's heart a bit, like... Who have I become? You know, that's that's the thing that's on his mind. And protecting my legacy is important to Barrel Roll. So I thought that was really cool. He kind of puts his gun down, and you can tell he sort of rethought everything. I just thought that was a, a really cool character moment. You know, they've just introduced Barrel Roll and, and Stall within the last, you know, Barrel Roll maybe a dozen issues ago, Stall maybe six. Yeah. You know, and, and to series, get that yeah. kind of storytelling out of new characters, I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back to the top for Ironmonger. I have to give it to Dr. Mindbender for closing out the arc where he's finally had his final comeuppance. It's finally the time where he finally does something for himself rather than for Cobra Commander or Serpentor or Destro or the leader of the week at Cobra. And it's great because he does it for himself. He's like, I'm not doing it to help you Joe's win. I'm doing it because I want to see Commander lose because he killed, you know, He's mortally wounded me. So mm-hmm. I really, I really like the fact that, you know, he finally, you know, grew a pair for himself. Absolutely. Yeah. That was a cool scene. You know, he's laying there bleeding now. Only he can help. If he doesn't help, then barrel roll dies. Yeah. But he doesn't care. He's like, you know, I don't care about this, that, the other. I just want Cobra Commander to lose. He's like, F that guy. <laughs> Basically, F that guy with his dying breath. Yeah. I was like, damn. All right. My bender. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Super cool. What do you got, Pat? Kind of continuing, kind of on that point, but man, the Cobra Commander continues his body count in this one. And he's just, again, I said it last issue or last episode. I'll say it again. This guy is cray cray. He's shooting everybody. So I'm hoping he gets shot by Grace Jones. You know, I hope he, I hope she gets took- Zorin for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope he gets it first, you know. I would, you know, if I was going to take somebody out, I'd take him out. Because, you know, then the twins would, you know, they'd get on your side. They would help you out and do what you need to do at that point. You know, you don't want that kind of a crazy, you don't want that crazy on your team. You can take <laughs> the other two dummy heads, but, you, you know, you don't want that craziness at all. Yeah, man. This, this whole thing's going on. Just so many big things going on. So many There things. is. This issue is just packed again <sighs> with, with stuff. You know, for my second round, I'll take us back to Iceland, where, you know, we talked about in the last issue, it ended with um, Overlord getting the drop on. What I thought was fascinating was Overlord is working for the U.S. government, or at least thinks he is, which makes me wonder, is he working for General Gibbs? Is he really working for the government? I mean, he was Serpentor's right-hand man. We keep having all these clues that General Ray is somehow linked to the Serpentor project. So I don't know. All I know is he got blowed up because Scanner was a boss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, the best part of that is like Overlord puts the Joes that are on the run from the law right now, which is Scarlet Snake Eyes and Duke, into like a vault 
And he's like, I'm going to keep you guys in this vault until someone comes to pick you up. And Scanner's like, well, if they're protected in the vault, <laughs> I can blow up everything and they'll survive. But Overlord won't because he's dying. Like Overlord's already like basically sliced him up. And I just thought yeah. that was really cool. He went out like an absolute boss and, and hats off to Scanner. He might win some kind of an award for me. Mm. This episode. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's see. Foreshadowing. Mm. You know, it, it is interesting. And there is what? Three kind of sacrifices that happen in here. You have- yeah, we have Scanner. We have Barrel Roll, but luckily he made it out. Yeah. yeah. And what's the third one? What am I forgetting? Uh, Mindbender. Oh, yep. Mindbender. Yeah. Well, lots of, lots of death says, or yeah. near death or quasi death. Well, if you're Scanner, you know, death. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a Joe who was just invented like nine issues ago. So <laughs> 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 the outlook is grim. <laughs> what else you got, Pat? I, you know, there's a few more things, but I want to just go ahead and say, you know, this story arc that we have gone through, man, I think this was a really good one. I was really enjoying this when it came together for the story arc that we have. Uh, there was a lot of things that led up to it and it paid off. So hats off to Jerwa on this one and the art team as well, too. My only wish is that, I, you know, as we know this run ends at 43 Mm -hmm. and that probably had something to do with contracts and Hasbro and blah, 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 blah. Until they were able to relaunch with the America's elite and all that stuff. My only wish was that they kind of had maybe two more issues because these last two have been, we talked about dense. They don't feel bad. They they, they don't necessarily feel okay. They do feel a little rushed, but not in a bad way. Yeah. I almost wish they could expand maybe just one more issue to let that breathe. And we still haven't checked in on Destro. Did he die True. in the in the nuclear explosion? What's up with Baroness? And she was seemingly killed while whilst pregnant with Destro's child. We have not checked in no. on any of that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh man, that's a pot boiler right there. It's on the back burner, just simmering, just simmering. Wait, wait for us to get back to it. Any other closing thoughts from you, Ironmonger? I wouldn't say that it didn't feel rushed. It just felt well paced, and with all this stuff that they put in, I don't know. I really enjoyed this book and it's a fantastic read. It is. And I did mm-hmm. use the word rush and I just, I don't want anybody to take, I'm glad you said that. Cause I don't want people to take the negative connotation. It doesn't, it feels very zippy. Like it's boom, boom, boom. Things are happening, which is cool. I, yeah. I just almost wish they had more time to pack in some more cool, but whatever. It, it's good. It's very good. Definitely. I even like, you know, I, there's one more thing I want to say. I liked lady J's uh, getting the best of Dr. Knox. With the knock knock land shark, <laughs> some straight silliness with that yeah. one. Little comic relief throughout, you know, with all that's been going going on in this one. I, I liked it. I'd like to know more about Doctor Knox. I don't know if they're gonna develop that anymore because again, listeners, we're not BSing you. I've always told you this. We don't remember, and I don't, I don't even know if she ever got a figure. If she got one. I don't remember it. Our figure She's got a figure. Her. I would say if the three of us, the figure expert here would be the monger. Uh, do you remember a Dr. Knox figure? Unless it was a collector's club exclusive. Yeah, maybe something like that. But yeah, I don't remember one. As far as we know, there's not a figure. If there is one, let us know out there. Just let us know. All right. At this point, I think we just got to hand it back to DJ Cristados for that old IG's report on the combat readiness of this issue. 
And for those of you who don't speak military, that means we're going to score this issue story on the same 1 to 10 flag point scale we used earlier. So, Ironmonger, what did you think about the story? What will you rate it? I've been tossing two numbers in my head for where this story is, and I'm going to go with the higher of the two, only because I felt that I could pick this book up and just read it and enjoy it on its own. And it's such a good story on itself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give this a full 10 flag points. I really think Ooh. this is this is probably one of the best Devil's Due issues I've read. Yo, Joe! Nice. Okay. Yeah, nice. You know, I am feeling what you're saying there, too. And I think I'm at a strong nine, but I'm going to also throw in, like I said earlier, overall arc that this had. Just combining it all together now and... Some of the surprising things that we saw come back again from callbacks was interesting and it paid off. So I'm going with all 10 f- flag points on this one as well, too. Yo, Joe! Jert, are you joining us? Am I going to rock the boat? Rock the boat, baby. Rock yeah, the boat. Rock the boat. Tip the boat over. Ah, uh, Pat. I don't know, man. I don't know. No pressure. What's it no going to take, Jert? Well, much like Iron Mongo, sort of juggling the nine and the ten. Mm-hmm. Which one is it? You know, it's going to push me up to that ten. Scanner, scanner, going Scanners. out like a dag boss. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, that that alone will push it up to a ten for me. So yeah, let's all all three of us ten ten. Yo, Joe, ten. <laughs> I like it. Awesome. Now that we've got the scoring out of the way, let's go ahead and see who earned a silver star medal or a silver snake medal for gallantry or sneaky snakeytude. This is where we each get to award the character in the issue who went above and beyond the call of duty or sneaky snakeytude. And with that, let's go ahead and find out. Ironmonger, who is your sneaky snake or silver star? I have to give the silver star to Scanner. Of all the Joes, mm. he he really did, you know, made the ultimate sacrifice. He really, yeah, uh, really did the the best. He succeeded. Yep, definitely succeeded. And without him, you would have lost some of the core team. Yeah, I would agree with that, Jared. Who is your silver star or silver snake? You know, I was giving it to Scanner. Mm-hmm. You know it, Scanner. All right. Well, since you guys took one of mine, I'm going to go with my runner up on this one. And it's actually two runner up. I'm going to give it to Mindbender and Barrel Row, that combination of those two doing what they had to do together to take down the weather dominator. Minder Roll? Minder Roll. Barrel Bender? Bender, Barrel Bender. (laughs) Yeah, I like it. Dr. Barrel Bender. (laughs) (laughs) nice yeah so with that why don't we go ahead and head on over to death probes toy chest jared what is in the toy chest today well pat i'm glad you asked it's here the gi joe collection each sold separately gi joe from hasbro in this segment, I will take something or someone featured in this issue and give you a brief toy history on it. And for this issue, I have selected Mr. Mindbender DDS. <laughs> DDS. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're doing Dr. Mindbender. 
He came out in Series 5 in 1986 and was discontinued in 1988. The name Dr. Mindbender may have been a last-minute addition. At certain early times in the G.I. Joe mythos, he was referred to as Dr. Brainwave in G.I. Joe number 44, and also as the interrogator on the file card of Serpentor. Dr. Mindbender came with a black cape that had a Cobra logo on it in silver. He had a gray 45 caliber pistol, a silver electric prod, a black generator, and a black hose. There are two types of Dr. Mindbender's capes out there, actually. One has the Cobra as a patch, and the other one has it as an iron-on transfer. I didn't know that. There's a couple versions floating around out there. You know, and if you've always liked his thighs, if you always looked at those thighs and said, man, some nice thighs. thighs. Obviously, you don't like Dr. Knox. (laughs) Dr. (laughs) Knox might not be for you. But his figure sculpt was completely original with the exception of his upper thighs. Those are the same thighs they used for the Mutt figure in 1984. Now, you always know I wrap this up with how many versions there are at the time of this recording, which is March of 2023. There are seven versions of Dr. Mindbender. Time to go around the room. Ironmonger, did you ever have or do you have Dr. Mindbender? As a kid, I had the second version of Dr. Mindbender, the purple and yellow version from 1993. Oh, Um, okay. Yeah. So that was the clone Mindbender. I got him because he was in the comic book. And I was like, I got to have a Mindbender. And that was the one that I could get. Nice. (laughs) I had a Mindbender as a kid. I think I swapped for it with another guy because I don't think I had all the accessories. But I always thought he was cool. I always liked those kind of wacky, wackadoo looking ones. You know, he had no shirt, but he had a cape, which is weird. <laughs> and I think I traded somebody for him to another friend of mine. And uh, that's it. We don't have anybody else to talk to about whether or not they have or whoa, had Dr. Mindbender. Almost got away with it. Bro. <laughs> Almost. You would have got away I, with if it I had to bet money, I'd say you're holding a Dr. Mindbender in your hand right now. Oh, you know I am, Jared. Any longtime listener of the Longbox Crusade or watcher on the YouTube channels will see that our good old friend, Dr. Mindbender, likes to show up once in a while. And it's just me, it's Dr. Mindbender here. I have my shirt this off. (laughs) (laughs) It's original Dr. Mindbender, and I've lost this cape, so, you know. You would say that it escaped. (laughs) (laughs) I must be out of my mind. For those of you listening, Pat is indeed holding his Dr. Mindbender yes. <laughs> up to the camera, his original, shirtless, capeless, capeless Dr. Mindbender. Awesome. Any other thoughts on Dr. Mindbender? He's got a cool codpiece. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> loves the Dr. Mindbender codpiece. Yes. Everybody. Everybody. Kevin does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let me hand it back to Pat then. Now it's time to thank our battle-hardened Crusader Club veterans. These are the fine folks that have joined our Crusaders Club. They enjoy early access to special Longbox video episodes, free raffle giveaways, voting on show programming, and so much more. So these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much-appreciated support to the show. Angelica Wolf. Auburn Elvis. Blast it or stash it. Braxton Underwood. Captain Entropy. Clinton Robinson. Dave Collins. Ezra Gallo. Gary Viola. 
Gene Hendricks, Gerald Green, Jason Keen, Jason Lady, Jeremy L. Jim, German, Jim, German, Jim, German, Jim, German. I hope you like Jim German too. Jim Meal, Joe Thomas, John Watson, Josh Strickland, Candace Ward, Kathy Bright, the MVP, Mark Ross, also known as Cluck Trent, Maxwell Traver, Miranda W, P.D. Devins, Paul Hicks, Rick from Jeff and Rick Present, Rob Morgan, Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney, Sean Urbanski, Spidey67, Pass Me That Spreadsheet, Steve Cronin, Tim Price, Tony Pennington, and Toronto Cop. If we missed anybody on the list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you are a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know that we miss you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it all straightened out. So you might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? It's simple. Just head on over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come and check it out. Now, as a reminder as well, too, we would love to hear from you verbally. So you can send us a voicemail by calling 707-532-5269. That is 707-532-LBOX. I love it. I think you said 707-532-5269, which is awesome, by the way. Did I? I don't think I said that. I think that's what you're just hearing. But you can always copy and paste. He's thinking of Dr. Knox. <laughs> uh, most of the time. As usual, this is an odd-numbered issue, which means there's not going to be any feedback on this one because we recorded it right immediately after we recorded 40. So there's no feedback at this time, but we'll be back next episode with the feedback. But I think we were doing ourselves a disservice if we didn't check in on Orsted and his thoughts on the passings of Scanner and Dr. Mindbender. Hey, guys. Hey, man. <laughs> man, it's like, it's kind of sad. Dr. Mindbender was like, he wasn't the best dude. He was hey, like, you know what? You know, I, I really enjoyed it. He wasn't the best dude, but he was the dude that, you know, when you need it to get a prescription filled, he filled it. Yeah, no question asked. No question when, asked. When you needed emergency dental work. Yeah. Yeah, he was there. Yeah. He was there. He was like a so-so mad scientist, but an outstanding dentist, you know. When my animals had trouble, you know, I took him to Mindbender. Because mm-hmm. he was a good doctor. Yeah, I cracked a molar once. Oh. Yeah. That was not cool. And Dr. Mindbender fixed it for me. And he also, I think, plugged me into a machine that read my memories, which was weird. It was like, they showed my memories on a screen, right? Off to the side. It was like watching a video for like a Grateful Dead song. It was awesome. (laughs) Don't you want somebody to love? That's not even the dead, man. That's Jefferson Airplane. So, um, rest in peace, Dr. Mindbender and, and Scanner. Man, we hardly knew you, but 
Man, you seem cool. Yeah. Hey, quick follow-up question while we're talking about sad things. Like, is my brother dead, man? Did he get a nuke dropped on him? Because that's what I heard. Yeah, what about my sister-in-law? Yeah, what happened with that? I guess everything in good time. We'll find out, right? Just, I have questions. I don't even know if he signed his paperwork. Like, you know, do I get a power of attorney now? Yeah, I might have an inheritance coming my way. I'm going to inherit like an entire weapons manufacturing business. That's going to be a bummer, you know? It's like I told him I didn't want it in the first place. Yeah, it's going to mess up my taxes so bad, man. Oh, I have to go to work now. I, you know, I'm thinking about like just selling it off. Just like just sell it to like that major blood dude said he'd make me an offer on it. Just sell it to him. And then I could open mm. just like I would invest the money in like an ice cream truck mm. that like yeah. sells organic, you know, yeah. yep. low Handmade. sodium, yep. low sugar ice yep. cream. Yeah. Just you know, hand turned. Yeah. yeah. Like like yeah. Ben and Jerry's, but I'll call it like Orsteds and Orsteds. It's catchy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cutting this off. <laughs> so stupid. I do this strictly because I know listeners want to hear it. One time, I, I, you know, I made a chunky monkey. And, you know, it was a real monkey. <laughs> it made from bits of real monkey. <laughs> I don't know if I was dreaming or, you know, if whatever, I got the wrong prescriptions from Dr. Mindbender, but man. So don't even ask what's in the Cherry Garcia food. <laughs> yeah, the fish on- food is made with real fish. <laughs> Everything's organic. Like goldfish. <laughs> and guppies. Oh, Orsted. He's cashing in his brother's arms business to make an ice cream truck. Oh, where the hell was I? Well, folks, I know you can listen to that stuff for hours, but that's going to bring us to Mission Complete Status for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles of Devil's New Years, which, you know, in the, sh- in the not-too-distant future, we might be rebranding the name of the show to just G.I. Joe Chronicles, because I think we might be doing something that's not under the Devil's Due umbrella. I've said too much. I've said oh, too much. Hey, man, don't... <laughs> Yeah, keep a secret. Yeah. Man. yeah. All right. My bad, guys. It's not the time right now. You gotta wait. Yeah. All right. Yeah, patience, man. First, where the hell is my brother? Second, what are you doing with the podcast? <laughs> okay. Priorities. All right. If you want to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, vintage TV, movies, serials, and more, check out the entire Long Box Crusade Network. DJ Cristados, where can that be found? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all those podcatchers that are out there. Or you can go to www.longboxcrusade.com. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jared. Thank you, Pat. And if you want to chat with us online, we can be found at... Thank you, Pat. Oh, I can be found at Christatos01. Back to you, Jared. I am at Yard Sale Artist. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it's all at Yard Sale Artist. You can check out my wares at www.theyardsaleartist.com. Let's talk to my man, Iron Monger. Where can they find you? I can also be found on Twitter at IGGaryV. 
or you can search uh, at Chaplain Joe Pod on Facebook, Twitter, or even YouTube. Nice. Nice. And thank you for being here once again, putting up with our BS. <laughs> you know, man, you just have to have a chill vibe for when the unexpected happens. Yeah, just roll with it like a leaf on a river, man. Yeah. You know, do you know how much money I'm going to get? Like how many ice cream trucks I can buy? <laughs> a whole fleet of them, man. Yeah. It'd be like, you know, I'm going to take over Schwann's. <laughs> I talked with my uh, nephew. Alexander, uh-huh. he's like, we should put rockets on these things. I th- I don't think he gets it, man. He's always Did in a it? rush. Yeah. Yeah, like, let's put rockets on I, an ice cream I, truck. I'm like, that's such a Destro thing, you know? All right. Puts it on. He thought, well, I always want them on his wrist and all that. Like, come on, man. <laughs> but I tell you what, we'll do. I can have lollipop launchers on my wrist. Oh yeah, lollipop oh, yeah. launchers. No, the, those, those, the, what are those? The push pop, man. Like, yeah, the push pop <laughs> comes out real slow. Ooh. And you like, you just put your hand out. And you say, hey, kid, put this in your mouth. You know what? Let's rethink this whole thing. Hold my finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Woo, okay. Well, thank you to the listening audience if you're still listening at this point. <laughs> For joining us for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Do Years. We will see you on the battlefield next episode where we'll cover issue number 42, Dawn of the Red Shadows, Part 1. Until then, Platoon, Fallout, Ironmonger, Yo, 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 Joe! Joe. The music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at Joseflin99. That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-99. You will not regret it.